Welcome back, everybody. On this week's show, we're talking about know that God hears and answers prayer. If you've ever prayed to the Lord and you haven't gotten a response or felt like he hasn't been listening, then this is the topic for you. Just know that when God is silent, that he's already working things out in your favor. It may take some time to come, but it's in your favor. But we'll talk about that and more in the terms of your surrender. Let's go. You're listening to The Terms of Your Surrender, a show that focuses on empowering, encouraging, and edifying people to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God. Micah 6.8. And now, here's your host, Quentin Green. Welcome back to The Terms of Your Surrender podcast. I am your host, Quentin Green. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate it. This is the day, the week, the month, the year that the Lord has made, so we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Um, even though this COVID is going on, we're still moving on through the year. Um, I know reports about cases keep rising, but we know that God is able. But we're still going to try to take care of ourselves and do what we need to do to try to contain the spread of this uh, virus or whatever this, whatever this is. But we are coming up on Father's Day, and so I do want to say uh, Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out here. Uh, for those who love their kids, for all the godly men, and even the ungodly men who are doing what they need to do to take care of the kids. Uh, this day is for you. Hope everyone has a great one, and I hope that the Lord blesses you with many, many more. But our lesson today, we're talking about know that God hears and answers prayer. Um, I know there's times where we feel like God is absent. But understand that God is working things out in your favor. When you serve a God that sees the end from the beginning, it's already working out. You just have to trust Him. And during the silent times, it's the working time. But we'll go into that more when we get into this lesson. So we'll see you at the end. All right, uh, let us pray. Wise and eternal God, we thank you once again for allowing us to be back into your house, a place where your name resides and your spirit is free to do whatever you need it to do. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for our life, health, and strength. We thank you for protecting us from danger seen and unseen. And Lord, we ask that you will forgive us for any sins that we committed. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would decrease us, increase you, so that we may live better, walk better, talk better, serve better, witness better than we ever had before. Bless those who are able to watch, those who will be listening, those who have desire to be here, and those who hunger for your word, Father God. And Lord, we just thank you for all that you do and who you are. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, welcome back. Hope everyone's had a great week um, and a great day also. Uh, we're going to be talking about prayer tonight. Um, our lesson title tonight is Know That God Hears and Answers Prayer. And we're going to come from James chapter 5, verses 13 to, should be 18. Um, we're going to give you a couple of verses, um, I think about four or five also, but we're going to focus mainly on James chapter 5. Okay, our central verse is coming from James five sixteen, which tells us, Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so the aim of this lesson is to teach us all how to pray more effectively. And so one problem that we have 
um, not even just in prayer, but just in general, is that we want to be heard by people. Um, have you ever been in a conversation with someone where you've been talking to them and it seems like they're more interested in waiting for you to finish talking so they can respond other than hearing out what you say? And so it may be, we may feel that way with God sometimes that we're talking, but we don't hear anything back or we're not seeing any results come. And so, you know, this lesson is going to let us know that God does hear us. You know, even though you may not get an answer when you need to or when you expect to, but God does answer your prayer. But sometimes we don't see the manifestation of what we're praying for for quite some time. If you think about Daniel, when he prayed to the Lord and, you know, the angel told him that when you prayed and asked the Lord uh, for this, um, for what you asked for, that I was dispatched immediately, but the prince of Persia was over and I had, he was fighting with him for um, a couple of weeks and that he had to end up getting help, that the Lord sent help for him so that he could even get to Daniel to um, deliver the message. And that was 21 days. So some of us may have been waiting a little longer than that. And it's human tendency to get to a point where you just get tired of um, praying where you don't think it's going to be answered and you just give up. But we're here to tell you don't give up. Um, also in our lesson, we're going to talk about um, Elijah, which James brought up, and the kind of man he was and how he prayed. But before we get into that, um, we'll share a scripture starting at Psalms 91, 15. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Psalms 145, 18 and 19. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. Jeremiah 29 and 12. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And Jeremiah 33 and 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. And so you can find more scriptures than that that um, are there to convince us and encourage us that God does hear us. But like I say, hearing is one thing, but we're looking for the answer. So when do we get those prayers answered? You know, how do we get to a, get ourselves to a point where we know that we're praying and it's not just when you feel like you're praying in vain. Well, one thing about God is that if you're doing anything for the Lord, you're not doing it in vain. And so, like I said, he hears us. And just keep this in mind that when you pray, that it is praying is just communication between us and God. It's, pretty, it's the avenue that invites God to intervene himself in our issues and our situations that are going on on earth. And so even though you may not get a response, that the Lord hears you. I mean, I do that sometimes where people you talk to and you ask them, well, hey, when you get a chance, can you do such and such? You may not get a yes or get a no, but that doesn't mean they didn't hear you. See, some of us get attitudes or get irritated when you ask somebody something and they don't acknowledge what you said because you think they're ignoring you. And that's just human nature. Well, God is like that sometimes. Well, we are praying and we're asking, but we're being, it feels like we're being ignored, like we're not getting through. But 
the Lord heard us, heard us loud and clear. And so from the point that he heard us, he's already been orchestrating things because of what you need, because he already knows what we need. But we still have to go to the Father and ask. You know, it's just like we talked about with Daniel, that when Daniel prayed, that the response was sent right then. It takes time for it to come because, you know, believe it or not, there are other things going on in the heavenly realm and things that, you know, may interfere with you getting your prayer answered in a what you, you would think was a timely fashion. Like we talked about with, you know, the angel and fighting the prince of Persia. So we don't know what else is going on when we're praying for things that, that from what I've learned over the years is that when you pray for something, that it may not happen right then, but God is moving around. He's moving people. He's moving uh, situations around and things to answer that prayer and to provide for you. But these things take time. And like the world tells us to let patience have its perfect work. And one thing we all need to work on is patience. Because if we could go out and get it ourselves right then or right now, we would. But we can't, so we have to rely on the Lord to bring those things to pass. But the one thing is we have to stay encouraged is that if you are of God, you hear God. And you were of God because we were created in his image. He put his breath into us. He given us his word to live by. So no matter what's going on, the Lord hears you. I remember a pastor talking one time and he said um, he was conversating with a person and they said, well, I don't think the Lord hears me. I don't think he'll hear me pray. And, you know, he just said, well, if you don't think the Lord will hear you pray, okay, well, just cuss as loud as you can and see if the Lord will hear that. You know, he didn't want him to cuss, but he was giving him something to think about. And the man said, well, no, I can't do that because he'll hear me. He said, oh, so God will hear you curse, but God can't hear you pray. So understand that there's nothing we say, if there's nothing that we can do that God doesn't know about, there's nothing that you don't say that God doesn't know about also. Even when you're thinking it to yourself, he knows our thoughts, he knows our hearts, he knows everything. So we can't hide anything from God. I mean, there's nothing that's going to slip between the cracks that he's not going to notice. So that's one thing to know that when you have an omnipresent God who hears all and sees all and knows all, that he knows us because he created us. But we just have to get to a point where we're comfortable talking to the Lord and letting him know that what's going on with us. And so uh, we're going to James chapter 5. All right, starting at verse 13. Uh, just ask a simple question. It says, is anyone among you suffering? So are you going through anything? Do you have any situations you're going through? Is, is there, you know, pain in your body, pain anywhere else? It says, well, let him pray. So anything, if you're going through anything, your, your response is to pray, to cast your cares upon the Father, because he wants to take care of what's going on with us, because he wants us focused on working for the kingdom of God. So, you know, it's like, oh, that thing's bothering you? Okay, let me take care of that. And you continue to do what I sent you out to do. Uh, verse 13 also says, is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. And so that just means that, you know, if, if the Lord puts something on your heart, like a song or a word, that it's on your heart, so you give it. So a lot of times, we, you know, people get a song, but then they want someone else to sing it because maybe, you know, they wanted to come through them or they don't feel like singing, but... If the Lord gave it to you, it's going to be more effective if it comes from you. 
because what if that other person is, you know, suffering or they're afflicted? You know, you the one that need to be singing, they may need to be praying. So we don't want to take them away from what they're supposed to be doing at the time. So, you know, if they say, well, the Lord put a song on my heart, I don't care if you, you got golden pipes or not, sing. It's on your heart for a reason. The Lord put someone on your mind to pray for. They don't mean go get everybody else to go pray. Pray for them yourself. Because the Lord put them on your heart for a reason. He wanted you to pray for them. Because you may be the one, that prayer, that gets them out of it. I mean, think about how Job and his comforters or his friends, and they, you know, were saying all these things that would have been true if God, if um, Job was a person who was acting without integrity and he was doing things against the Lord, but he wasn't. But after, you know, the Lord comes and talks to Job, he goes and talks to his comforters and say, if you don't get Job to pray for you, I'm going to deal with you because of what you've done. So it wasn't anybody else praying. It wasn't a group thing. It wasn't, you know, um, congregational prayer. It was Job has to pray for you. Otherwise, I'm going to deal with you. So when the Lord puts something on our heart, puts people on our heart, puts songs or anything like that, we're the ones that's supposed to do it. We're not supposed to put that off on someone else. Um, well, I'm here, so let's go here. So even, even if you're doing praise and worship, if you're here to worship, don't worry about people not worshiping with you. Worship is personal. You're supposed to lead them into worship, not ask people why they're not helping you do something. Because most times we wonder, you know, we'll, you see people, they'll start singing a song, they'll look around and be like, well, they'll stop and then they want to address the, the congregation about, you know, why are y'all not worshiping? Well, kind of take a look in the mirror. You're not worshiping either. Because worship doesn't focus on what the people are doing. It's leading by example. So some, some things are taught, some things are caught. So if you want to lead people in worship, no better way to do that than worship. And worship is putting our total attention on the Lord. And if you're worried about what the people are doing, then obviously your attention is not on the Lord. So when the Lord has given us something to do or put something on our heart, let us be the ones that do it, not look to involve anyone else or you know, put it off on anyone else. Now, there is a time that, there is a time that, you know, we want to sing together and we pray together, but when it hits your heart, that means that assignment was given to you. So we just make sure we're doing that and not looking to kind of pass the buck, so to say. Uh, verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, this is something else that happens in church, too, where not even in church, which is in general, where people get sick. They'll be in a hospital or they'll be laid up in the house for two, three weeks. Don't let nobody know what's going on with them. But then they want to get an attitude because nobody called to check on. Why you didn't come see me in the hospital? Well, I'm not a mind reader. You're supposed to tell, tell somebody something's going on with you. And so a lot of people, act, you know, a lot of people, they are private when things are going on with them. But then after everything's over, then they're open and they want to tell what the Lord's done. But if something's going on with you, let somebody know what's going on. I mean, don't get attitudes with your pastor and stuff and, or whoever because they didn't call and check on you and you didn't let them know you needed to be checked on. Like I said, we're not mind readers. We're, you know, we're, we all don't have that kind of connection with God where he just lets us know that something's going on with you. But like I said, if you want prayer, it said you come to the elders of the church and let them pray the prayer of faith. And so, um, and anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And so, 
there's a responsibility that falls on the elders of the church also. So you're supposed to let them know that you're sick and they're not just supposed to pray with you, but they're supposed to pray, pray a prayer of faith. So you don't want anybody who don't have any faith praying for you, even though they may be an elder or not. But I mean, if you're an elder and you don't have faith, that's kind of a troubling situation anyway. All right, verse 15. Here it is. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. And so, like I said, the prayer of faith, you know, faith, faith changes things. Faith gets things done. So when you have someone who's praying the prayer of faith with you, and let's just add this in, not only are they praying the prayer of faith, but you should be praying for yourself also. Because you do have people in situations where they come to the church, they want people to pray for them, but they won't pray for themselves. You know, like I said, pray, this is a communication. It's a personal thing. Because if you can't find anybody to pray, it's going to be up to you to pray for yourself. You know, we do have, you know, grandmamas and granddads and, and whoever who were praying for us when we didn't know that we should be praying for ourselves. But like I said, we, if you know better, you're supposed to do better. But you won't do better unless you apply what you know. So we have to be in a point where praying is a part of our everyday life. Not, a, not just ritual, not just when we get in trouble. Like I said, you need God when you're in trouble. You need him just as much when it's a day like today where there's not a cloud in the sky and everything's sunny and the weather's nice. You need to be talking to God just as much then because then it, be, it doesn't become a strange thing when you're getting these situations and you need to pray and, you know, go to the Lord because a lot of people are really uncomfortable praying because they don't spend the time doing it. And so it doesn't become a ritual, it doesn't become habit, prayer is supposed to be a part of our lifestyle. And every Christian should have a prayer life. And so, you know, going through these lessons, we're going to talk about that prayer life and how to be more effective um, when we're praying. And so, and it says, if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. If you notice when Jesus was healing people, just like he healed the man at the um, pool at Bethesda, he healed them, but then he told them, say, go in peace and sin no more. So he was just giving them more than what they're asking for. He was just looking for someone to put them in the pool. Jesus says, stretches out his hand, tells him, rise and walk. He grabs his hand. He lifts up. He picks up his bed. And, you know, the Lord tells him, you know, he goes off. But when he sees him again, he says, well, don't sin anymore unless something else happens to you. And so we don't know what the, the sickness is. It could be bodily pain. It could be, you know, something that they're doing, something that they're experiencing. But when you pray the prayer of faith and they get healed, you know, like it says, um, if they commit sins, they'll be forgiven. So we're not just into the healing bodies. We're into cleaning and forgiving sins also. And so, you know, the Lord does tell us that whoever sins we forgive are forgiven too. That even though he forgives us, but don't, if you don't hold any grudges against them, if we can go to the Lord and, and pray for them and the Lord will forgive them and you don't hold, like I said, you don't hold those grudges against them, then they're forgiven. You know, so just keep that in mind when you got people that do things to you and you say, well, you ain't never forgot it. Well, you haven't forgiven them because if you're still bringing it up and it still makes you mad, you haven't truly forgiven them. And so we want to forgive them because we want Lord, the Lord to forgive us. And if we're in that situation, we we'll just pray and ask the Lord to help us um, remove that from our hearts.
All right, number 16, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now, if this says confess, confess your um, trespasses, some versions may say confess your faults. You know, there, you know, I heard of it, there was a doctrine going around where they wanted people to go in front of the church and confess every sin that they committed. Well, if you can remember every sin you committed, then, you know, more power to you, but I can't remember everything I've done, and I'm not trying to. But this isn't really talking about everything you've done wrong. This is talking about our weaknesses. Like, if you're if I'm weak in an area and you're strong in an area, then I may come to you for your help. So when we do that, we come to each other. That's what we say. We'll come to one another and we pray for another one, for one another that we may be healed. You notice when it says, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are. Am I my sister's keeper? Yes, you are. And so it's up to us as the body of Christ to take care of each other, to look out for each other, to, in a sort of way, police each other to where we say if we do see somebody doing something wrong, we come and talk to them and we can uh, restore them and show them the error of their ways, not browbeat them. But, you know, we're just getting them because we're, we're in this together. Iron sharpens iron. And so we don't want anybody to be in a situation where they're um, being attacked by the devil or they're being overrun or they're just doing things that are causing them to sin. And one of the, the, mean, the meaning of sin is miss the mark. So we don't want anybody to miss anything that the Lord has for them or miss what they're supposed to do because we don't know who's going to be blessed because of what they're doing and who's going to be blessed afterwards because of what they've done also. But so, you know, our nation doesn't believe that we should be using the, um, our talents to help the weak, but that's what we're supposed to do. The strong is supposed to take care of the weak. If you're stronger in this area and they're weak in this area, you go and you help them. And the same, and same way, vice versa. If they're stronger in the area than you are, then they can come and help you. And mainly, we can help people and not expect anything in return. Just do it because we saw a brother or a sister in need. And so, and then it says the effective, and stay in verse 16, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So this is what we want to focus on for these next couple of lessons. Effective, fervent prayer. So effective prayer, that means that means it's a prayer that it is doing what it's supposed to do. Fervent means zeal. It means we're going we're not going to stop doing what we do. It's a passionate prayer. Not just like this old loud saying where you know you want to get loud and make sure everybody hears you, but it's about your attitude towards the prayer. To where we're praying, we're knowing what the will of God is. That's why, you know, it tells us that when you pray, um, you know, put the will, put the word, God's words back to him. It's not that he's forgotten, but he want, we want to make sure that you are praying in a proper way to where you know what you're praying for, that your prayer is lining up with the will of God. Because if you're praying in the will of God and you know that God's will was, is, to, is to be done on earth as it is in heaven, just like in the um, prayer that Jesus told the disciples to pray that God can accomplish what he needs to accomplish. You know, that's why it says, um, thy will be done, um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so we want to make sure we know what scripture says so that we're praying scripturally that um, whatever he's ordained in heaven will happen here. Like I said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as is in heaven. So we want to make sure the same things that will be done in heaven will be done here. 
and it can be done through us or done through anyone that the Lord chooses to use. And forever in prayer, um, think about, uh, we're going to talk about Elijah in a little bit, but think about the woman who came to the, uh, the judge was trying to get justice, and she kept coming to him day after day after day. And he got to the point, he said, you know, I don't fear God, but I'm just going to give this woman what she wants because, you know, she's not going to leave me alone until I do it. Well, we have to say that same attitude toward the Lord is that even though we have what we ask for when we pray, but we're going to keep praying until it manifests itself in this um, earthly realm that we're in. So the, man, the, man, the point when you prayed and you went to the Lord in faith, because James also talks about, you know, a person being double-minded, that he won't get anything from the Lord. So we want to make sure that we're praying. We're not speaking against what we're praying for. You know, don't ask for the Lord to heal you. And then when somebody asks you how you're feeling, you be like, I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. Then you speak against, you know, speak against things. Now, we do serve a Lord who's um, sovereign and graceful enough that he can still heal you regardless of the things that you speak, you know, against him or against anyone else. But we just want to make sure that we're praying, that we're in faith about what we're praying for, that we receive it when you pray. And then you just keep praying to the Lord and keep praying and keep praying until it comes to pass. And so that's what effective fervent prayer is. Whether you're praying for yourself, you're praying for others, to where we're praying the will of God, we're not praying for our own selfish desires. And that's one thing that can mess up your prayer. To where we're praying to see if the Lord, you know, what we're praying his will. We're praying that, you know, Lord, what will you want me to do? We're not in here to pray for extra cars, extra houses, you know, extra boats and anything else that praying for all the stuff that we're not going to use to glorify God. We're going to use to glorify ourselves and they're going to take us away from the will of God. And so uh, verse 17 said, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gate and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. So now in that um, Kings chapter 17, first Kings, you know, Elijah told Ahab that, um, let's see, read it. He said, Elijah, Elijah the Tisbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord of God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Now the Lord honored what he said because the next uh, two verses, he just tells them to get away and turn eastward. He doesn't say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm not going to honor your request. But he go, but during this time, just three years and the six months, he's constantly praying. He's praying for everybody that it doesn't rain. The Lord does not send rain. You know, this is the time where he goes to find the widow and her son. And, you know, they're, they're eating the meal and the oil. And he uh, prays and the Lord brings the young man back to life. And so then he goes back, um, faces the, the prophets of Baal. You know, he has them captured and kills them. And then he goes, um, meets Ahab. This is all between chapters 17 and 18. And he tells him that, you know, the Lord tells him to go back to Ahab and says, you know, I'm going to send rain on earth. And then he's going to let it rain. He goes back and he tells um, Ahab, you know, eat and drink for I hear the sound of abundance of rain. And so when he goes to pray, and that's starting at verse 41, and First uh, Kings chapter 18. So verse 42 you know, while, he, while Ahab went to go eat and drink, Elijah went to, a, went to the top of Carmel, 
Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. So he got himself in a position to where he was expecting something to happen. Um, and he said to his servant, go now, look toward the sea. So he went up, looked, and said, there's nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot, and go down before the rain stops you. And so, you know, the rain comes, and the Lord, you know, got a hold of Elijah, and he outran Ahab's chariot going down. And so, you know, but notice that Elijah had to pray more than one time in order to see what the Lord told him he was going to do. Now, the Lord said, I'm going to send rain. Elijah had to go in prayer more than one time. His servant had to go look more than one time before he saw the manifestation of what God was going to do. And that's the same thing in our lives, that even though it's going to happen, even though we know it's coming, even though we've been, we've been given the promise of what's going to happen, you're going to have to go to the Lord more than once in order to see it you know, come to pass. But, you know, say don't get, discour don't get discouraged because you're not seeing anything the first time, the second time, the third time. Or if you don't see it the first month, the second month, the third month, because every but everything's working out. Everything is being put into place. So it all comes for a time because we don't know, like we talked about earlier, who's going to be blessed because of what we're doing and what we're asked for. Be um, so that's why things take so long and why um, the, the timing it take you know the time it comes when we talked about um abraham for his last couple of lessons you know he was told the lord told abraham he was going to have a son and he was 86 he didn't have isaac until he was what 99 or 100 so all of this time went by before the son that the lord promised abraham came but it had to line up because there's a a time and a season that these things have to happen. So we just know that it's coming. But like I said, we don't know what's coming after us that's going to set the stage for what the Lord wants to do. Because think about this. What if Isaac comes earlier? Then he's not maybe not in the position to where he meets Rebecca. So all this stuff has to line up to where then they have their, they have their sons, um, Esau and, and Jacob. And then Jacob has to go through what he has to go through in order to get his name changed and continue on with the Lord has set forth in motion. And so, like I said, what we're praying for is not just for us. It's also for those who are coming after us. And so that's why some things are taking longer than what we would expect to happen. Um, I know I'm waiting on some, the Lord to manifest some things, but I realize what I pray for, it may take some time because... You know, things have to line into place. You know, people have to be moved here and moved there. But it will come to pass. But um, just going back to see that um, we'll leave this testimony, then I will um, stop right there. Um, about two years ago, you know, was going through a rough time financially. You know, was, I mean, was still working, was blessed with that, but wife had lost her job and, you know, bills were getting behind, went in my 401k trying to get stuff done. You know, and, you know, we're praying to the Lord and talking and, you know, how we talked earlier about, you know, not being double minded, not speaking evil against the Lord. Well, I wish I could say I've done, I didn't do that, but I did. Now, I just made a statement to the Lord. Now we're talking and I'm praying and I said, well, 
Lord, I, I don't doubt that you can do it, but I said, I just don't believe that it'll happen for me because I was looking at circumstances, even though I'm still here, I'm still in church, I'm still, you know, praying, I'm still doing what I'm supposed to do, but it seemed like I was building up, things were going, and then all of a sudden, boom, stuff happens, go down, credit scores going down, you know, you're getting behind on your bills, so you're juggling and doing the best you can, which is, you know, not uncommon for a lot of people in the you know, in our nation or in our world in general. And so, you know, that happened for about six, seven months. And then, you know, it started turning around about the first of the year. But then, you know, during this time, I'm still, you know, praying. I'm talking to the Lord. And I said, well, just made a comment about something. Well, you know how I used to go, we'll go to, and when we have like meetings or you go somewhere and, they, and somebody would be like, well, you know, I was out there and somebody just gave me a hundred dollars. I'm like, well, I ain't never had that happen. And I had actually said that to the Lord in, in prayer, you know, looking for one of those handfuls on purpose. You know, it's just something to trying to get you out of this situation where, you know, Lord, I know you hear me. I know you, you see what's going on. But like I said, I haven't experienced that. And I just said that to him. Now, that was earlier during that during one of the weeks. So Sunday comes. And we're in church. So we get out of church, finish service. I'm packing up my stuff. And, you know, most of the church said they were going out to eat. And so I said, well, you know, my wife came to me and said, well, you know, they said they're going out to eat. And I said, yeah, we probably have to go to the house because we ain't really got that to do right now. So she said, yeah, I know. I understand. So, so we're going around. She's talking. You know, we're saying greet, greeting people. I'm still, you know, packing up my stuff, greeting people. And then a couple of minutes go by, and she comes back to me, and she says, hey, uh, we're going out to eat. I said, huh, what you mean? She said, uh, Pastor and First Lady said they got us. I said, oh, um, well, they, well, they just going to pay for us? And she said, no. She said, I was talking to her, and she asked me if we were going out to eat with them. And I said, well, you know, we didn't really got no money to do that. And so First Lady said she reached in her purse pulled out a hundred dollar bill and gave it to my wife and then you know she told me that's what she did and then she said well just pick your stuff pack your stuff up so we're going out now so that might not mean much to anybody else but to me that spoke loud and clear that where the lord was saying you know i hear you that you know i've always hearing you that i don't you know things are going to be all right and so you know i just looked at it and i just was just stood there for a moment and I was like just you know overwhelmed because I would say I, would, I went right back to my prayer and I said I was just talking to the Lord about this earlier that week and here it is on Sunday about talking about what I didn't experience and then here it is on Sunday working things out to where well, you experienced it now and so I keep that in mind about things that are going on when it feels like you're praying and things aren't happening and it's not coming when you want it to come and you feel like you know, the Lord's not there, but he hears you. And things are things are, are working out. Like it says, all things are working to your good. All things work to the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. And so sometimes you have to understand that the longer it takes, plus time, the bigger it is. And like I say, you don't understand why you've had to wait this long or why it took this long. And then when it happens, you know, the saying hindsight is twenty twenty. And so I keep thinking back to Joseph, when he was talking to his brothers and said, well, you know, everything he went through, he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So all the heartache, all the pain, 
all the waiting, all the frustration you're going through, it's all going to pay off. Now, I don't know what the Lord has in store for each and every one of you, but if you've been waiting, if you've been praying and you're starting to get tired and you feel like, you know, what's the use of me praying? I don't see anything coming. Just keep praying. Stay steadfast and keep where you are. Keep that communication and just be completely honest with the Lord during the situation. Just be completely honest with them because that's what he wants from us. He knows us anyway. He knows when you're, he knows when you're lying. He knows when you're, you're trying to, you know, I think it's phase right, the phrase right now, but he knows when you're trying to get over. He knows when you're not being truthful. You know, that I have a saying, the saying goes, if praying doesn't work, try honesty. And that's what it is in this conversation where you're, you're talking and you're praying. Don't try to be, you know, too spiritual with it. Just pray. Just tell the Lord where you are. You know, Lord, you know me. You know how I feel. You created me. So you know exactly what I am and what my thought process is in this whole time. So I, you know, I'm asking you to, to help me. And the Lord will answer the prayer. And so, uh, we'll, you know, that's all I got. That's the lesson right there. And so just stay encouraged about what you're going through, how you're praying. I encourage you to, if you don't have much of a prayer life, to start one. Because the Lord would love to hear from you. And just understand, there are going to be times where the Lord is quiet, where it doesn't look like he's being found. Where it doesn't look like chaos is going all around. But understand that we serve a God that works in chaos. So when it feels like things are getting worse, they're actually getting better because the Lord is working behind the scenes and getting things ready for you. And so, you know, we pray we don't want to go through things longer than we need to. But if it's required for us to get the blessing, then, you know, we'll stay steadfast and we'll power through. You know, don't Lord, don't bring us out, bring us through. And so, uh, thank God for the lesson. Thank God for everyone that was tuned in, uh, watching, who's going to share this with anyone else. Um, hopefully this was encouraging to someone. I know it was to me. I learned I learned a lot from the lessons. So hopefully uh, you guys do as well, or even just some reminders and refreshers. But um, we'll pray. We'll speak the blessing over you, and we'll be dismissed. But next lesson, we'll talk about praying to God the Father. So, you know, we talked about knowing that God hears us, but now we're going to talk about how to go to God when we're um, approaching them with our prayers. So that should be uh, hopefully informational to a lot of others. Okay, um, let's pray. Wise and eternal God, we thank you once again for allowing us to be back into your house one more time. We thank you for our life, health, and strength, Father. We thank you for protecting us from danger seen and unseen. Lord, we ask that you forgive us for any sins that we committed. Lord, we thank you for this lesson about knowing that you hear us, that you hear our prayers, Father God. Um, we know that things get tight in our lives, they get chaotic, and we long to hear from you. And we know that there's going to be times that it seems like heaven is silent. But we know that you hear us and that you're working things out, that you've already got things worked out before we even known that there was a problem to work. And so, Lord, we're just thankful that you love us that much, that your grace keeps us, that you're working on the hearts and minds of those around us that will that you will use to bless us to provide what we need, whether it's encouragement, whether it's uh, finances, food or what it materials or whatever. Father God, that, you know, when we're doing your will, that you will supply what we need 
and you will supply those who will be willing and have a heart to serve you and provide what we need also. And Father, we just thank you for this lesson. We thank you for this reminder and this refresher about your love, grace, and mercy. And we just pray that anyone who hasn't developed a prayer life with you or has a shaky one, that they would commit to talking to you more because we need you and we can't accomplish anything on this earth that you've ordained for us to do without you, Father God. And so, Lord, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for everyone who was watching, for everyone who will be sharing, and for everyone that needed to hear this lesson tonight, Lord. Uh, Lord, we ask that you will touch those families who are sick or in bereavement, Lord, that you will be the comforter and the healer that you are, that you will get the glory out of every situation that you deserve, and that everyone would know that it was you and you alone that um, brought those things to pass. And Lord, if you delay your return, that we will see each other again, or we will get to speak to each other again also. Lord, we ask that you will bless us indeed, enlarge our territory, that your hand will be with us to keep us from evil, so we don't cause pain. Lord, you bless us, you keep us, your face shines upon us, you're gracious unto us, you lift your countenance upon us, and you give us peace. So Lord, we invite you to rise up, to let your enemies be scattered, and let those that hate you flee before you. Amen. Amen. So everyone, uh, thank you for coming out. Thanks for the lesson. Uh, hopefully this was encouraging. Share this with anyone you come across. And next week, Lord willing, we'll be talking about praying to God the Father. And, you know, there should be some good information in that. All right, good night. Take care. I hope this lesson was uh, encouraging for each and every one of you, because I know it was for me. Uh, just remember, the Lord hasn't forsaken us. And no matter what happens, that the Lord is still in control, that is, there's still more that we need to experience, and the best is yet to come. And so remember, just check us out on Facebook, Terms of Your Surrender. Um, that's what most of our media is. And once again, just share this with anyone you come across. Everyone take care. Have a blessed week. And remember, but those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Uh, God bless. Have a great week. Take care.